0: Well, uh, my name's Toby Haydoke, climb aboard my Who's Round bus and let's go back in time. I'm not in the same location as my guest but uh, he's very kindly fitted me into his busy schedule so I'm going to ask him who he is and to tell me why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who.
1: Well, my name is Johnny Dennis and I had the great privilege and great pleasure to play a character called Murray who was a real lunatic. He was in charge, uh, he was a bus driver for a company called Nostalgia Tours and the the organiser for Nostalgia Tours, yes, it was Ken Dodd himself and it was set in the 1950s, so it was a wonderful opportunity for everybody dress up. Bonnie Langford and Sylvester, and all everybody dressed up as um, you know mods and rockers. And it was absolutely fantastic. We had two great weeks in Barry, uh, in North Wales, where all the stuff is shot. Of course, we're talking mid 80s here, and it was the it was the best job I think I've ever done. And the marvelous thing is, uh, in the cast, it was an all star cast. I think it was called The the, the Balamom or Curse of the Balamom or whatever it's called. Anyway, I had Don Henderson, one of the great heavies of all time, sadly, no longer with us. Hugh Lloyd, Stubby Kay, and of course, Ken Dodd himself and Sylvester. And there were, even the the tiny parts were being played by real names. John Nathan Taylor, who was the producer of the show, of course, was a great man for getting people that he liked or knew off of the stage or the television. So, it was my lucky day when I walked in, and um, John Nathan Taylor said, Oh, I know you. Uh, you'll do. And uh, that was it. And Murray was a, a, a real lively character. Um, quite nice costumes, a lot of laughs, and we had a lot of laughs doing it. Um, it was non stop, really. Uh, and it was, as I say, the, the most pleasant and jolly time um, with a, a those days things the sets used to wobble a bit, and so did the lines and the <laughs> scenes were a bit adjacent um but uh, it was it was a real pleasure that's enough for me for a second
0: no, it's great and um you're you're quite right I mean if you look at that that cast. Um, it's an extraordinary bevy of of people who you would think had better things to do than be in a television program that the BBC was sort of neglecting rather at the time. But it was it still had a massive pull, didn't it, Doctor Who? Well, that's
1: right because they were all on. They were hot. You see, Hugh Lloyd had his own series. Don was a big star, and Ken, of course, was the biggest. And Sylvester was just making his way. But the, the thing is, they all wanted to do it. You see. Uh, having been asked, they all said, oh, yes, please. In other words, it was like Jolly Jakes. Um, and of course, we had so much fun doing it. We stayed in the hotel just outside of Barry uh, and it was way out in the, in the sticks. So we were stuck out there. But it, it, So in other words, you made your own fun. And there was a big ballroom where there was party night every night. And uh, we did uh, impromptu cabarets. So certainly, stubby Kay and Sylvester got involved in that. Um, so... It was it was just fun. It was fun. Uh, I mean, you couldn't call it hard work. I mean, it, it you had to be disciplined, of course, uh, and quite rightly. I don't know, if people think that we were not taking it seriously, but we were taking it extremely seriously. You couldn't help sometimes when uh, there would be a, a you know, the odd line would come out out of order. Um, Ken Dodd was the most disciplined of us all, and he was a, he was a, a lesson to us all. Very, he knew his lines and. Um, he gets killed in the end, and he took it all extremely so. He was. He explained to me. I sat in the back of his Volvo with a bunch of tickling sticks because he used to sell the tickling sticks when he was on the road. And he said how nervous he was. And we're about two o'clock in the morning. We we're shooting this. I said, Ken, you're nervous, having done you know 14 hours on the stage somewhere. Um, yeah, he was. He was very nervous because it was. His, he had done a little bit of acting, but this was a biggie for him and was jolly good, I mean a little bit over the top maybe uh, in the early takes, but then we all were because another thing, the, the, the very important thing to remember is that these people were very old pros they knew exactly what where the camera was, so there was a lot of mugging going on and there's a, a little over-egging shall we say
0: <laughs> Well that's, when, when I guess when you're playing outer space aliens um, chasing an eccentric time I- lord Accompanied by Bonnie Langford, you're, you know, keep, keeping it, keeping it ultra gritty must, must, must be uh, not the order of the day. Well, there was, yes, there was one. That I do actually change from an alien
1: into into Murray, and it was a Mr. Blobby suit. This was years before Mr. Blobby, so I was I was inside this Mr. Blobby suit, and I was wobbling up and down, just you know, saying take after take after take, and I had to stand there while the, then the machine, you know, it comes down and it turns me into Murray. So. Uh, these were before, the, you know, things were uh, state-of-the-art uh, st- stuff. So I was in, in this suit for a long time. Uh, but there, there's a picture somewhere of me in this lobby suit, which is, uh, I was thinking of putting onto the onto the internet. But uh, uh, I think that would that uh, certainly brighten up a few people's lives. Well, but uh, well, Murray was, funny enough, Murray uh, kind of took off. Murray became, uh, he, he was a, a likely lad, a likely character. Uh, and he was a jolly chap. And even now when I work in the theatre, uh, people come round at the backstage and they don't always want to see the show, but they always want the autographs. And, and they all, all want to talk about Murray and they want to talk about the show. And it was, it was very popular. Um, and it, not because one was in it, but it, it, it was extremely popular among people who, who remember the
0: series because it was fun. Well, and he's a lovely character, actually. And I think you've got a great rapport with Sylvester and with Bonnie, and the stuff that you do together. Yes, and yes. then your death is terribly shocking. You go, oh, hang on, they—they they can't kill yeah. Murray. He's really nice.
1: Yeah, well, that, that they almost did, actually, for, for, for real. Uh, the idea was that I was—I don't drive, you see, but I'm—you know—we were. I was mocking up driving this um, lovely nineteen fifties coach, um, and it was lovely. There was a double screen, and they said this uh, spot and it's going to crash into the screen, you'll be perfectly safe. Those those are the magic words, perfectly safe. <laughs> so I'm behind the screen. They've got a camera uh, two ways, one one from me and one uh, shooting through the screen. So you, you get me, there's, a, there's some terrible pictures of me screaming. Um, so anyway, they let this thing go and it smashed and, it, it, and it, uh, it disintegrated just in front of my nose and just touched the end of my nose so... Hence safety glass and all the rest of it. I can tell you now, it was the most realistic screen and look of horror on anybody's face. And uh, it was a terrible death for us all. Yes, it was dreadful.
0: It, yes, very sad. Not you, all, because Bonnie Bonnie survived. She's yeah, she was uh, she was under contract for the whole series, I'm afraid. That's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> it was gonna be all right. I didn't get that. You were, <laughs> and you, you look very at home in, in the setting. Is it fair to say that you know that the sort of oh, well, the, that
1: was not my period, oh boy, my yeah. period. This I was at my height. I was but a lad then, of course. And so, oh, no, it was it was fun. I mean, the dressing up, it was just fun. And then we had a big party scene in it, which, you know, everybody had to do the, just the shake and all that sort of thing. And dear, the late Brian Hibbard, who was a pop star of his own right, of course, slowly passed. But uh, he, was, he was the main rocker, and he, he was uh, singing away like he couldn't. I mean, it was, the party was a real party. Uh, and then uh, when, when it all finished and the rap, Party, we turned that into one of the best parties ever.
0: Yeah, it's true. it was quite. A, it's a sort of multi-talented cast. Really, everyone could, everyone could, um, could do, do, do it. a turn. Yeah, they all could do a turn, and they all wanted to do
1: it. Um, and they ran to the job. You know, it was the weather was wonderful. Played a lot of cricket, I seem to remember. And but everybody ran. that was enthusiastic. Nobody was hanging about saying, "Oh God, this is boring." So. You know, we used to watch each other work. So that, which is not always the case, um, but watching Sylvester, he, he was—he was wonderful. I mean, he is a wonderful actor. Uh, but he, I just—I just thought he was terrific. I love his energy. I loved his danger. I like actors who are dangerous, and
0: Sylvester was dangerous because you never knew what he was going to do. Fantastic. Well, uh, and and what the listeners might not know is if if they just know you from from your television work, Doctor, is you, you're you you're one of those actors that has has this wonderful sort of mosaic of a career, and um <laughs> and, and, and some of our listeners in the states, because we have listeners all over the world, might not know, for example, what the Grand Order of Water Rats is and what all that side of, of your work is. So, well, you may yes, maybe fill uh, them in a little bit. Uh,
1: the Grand Order of Water Rats is a uh, uh, over 100 years old Uh, and it's a world organisation and the early rats were Charlie Chaplin Laurel and Hardy and all these uh, Danny Kaye and all these people Um, they were the idea was to raise money originally to help other artists artists who were struggling and then it became associated with children's charities like the, the children's hospitals and things like that and it grew and grew and grew we used to do Sunday concerts to raise a few shillings for the actors and then eventually it became the Royal variety performance which some of your listeners may know about uh, which is the biggest variety show on television and the money goes towards helping the the home for actors at brinsworth which is in north london uh, again for variety artists who've fallen on in difficult times so and it's it, you get inducted into it i mean it's it's an immense honour. I've got, I've got my badge. It's actually is called an emblem. I shouldn't call it a badge, but I'm stroking it right now. It's a gold <laughs> badge, which um, is, is very prized uh, amongst us. And um, a lot of the people of, uh, uh, in the profession today are very proud to be a member. So that's what we do. Um, other aspects, of, I suppose, of working in the States, I did a, 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 um, an interesting show called Upstairs and Downstairs, which was a very big... Um, show in the States, and um, how that came about was um, it it ran about 26 minutes because of the commercial breaks on public television, and Alistair Cook, the the great Alistair Cook, um, used to fill in for five minutes with some hall songs, and uh, amazingly enough, they came over from Chicago and they filmed Alistair Cook and myself uh, doing these musical songs to fill in the programs which, I, again, this would be way back into the 80s and 90s, but it was immensely successful on PBS in, in the States. So, uh, and then, of course, then so much so that one got requested to go to America and perform the musical, Vaudeville type shows, and which we did for many, many years. So it was, a, again, it's, it's funny that one door opens, and, and it's a, it's an amazing business, this um, and to, to work with the great Alistair Cook, um, especially in that kind of a world, it was a fascinating. Yes, and I, I, um, I've always enjoyed my trips to America. Um, I've done, I did Beyond the Fringe, uh, an early review, produced that in the States. And I've produced shows, um, musicals and stuff like that in the States. So uh, I'm, I'm lucky, lucky to be able to do it. Um, fortunate, actually, I think is the word I'm
0: looking for. Yeah, but, you've, um, but you strike me as one of those, those people who doesn't like to be idle, so if there's nothing happening, you'll make your own, you'll make your own work that's and open your you own do. doors. Yes, that's what you do. That's what you do. Um,
1: uh, right, you know, that it's important to be curious. The most important thing, if I can speak or say, what's the most important quality to have? Be curious. Be curious about how does this work? Why does that work? How does that do, why do these people do that, you know? ask questions uh, I ask a lot of young actors say to me um, watching you work I said well, why don't you ask me questions then just say why, why did you do that and then and explain to them so you know you learn by doing it and uh, I I'm, that's why I'm very keen to encourage young artists uh, to come forward and that what we do now is and our shows that we've got one this n- next week uh, getting young artists to be in the show. To, to open the routines with a, a dance routine or something and we get them on the stage it's very important
0: and do, do you prefer live performance to, to television or yeah. have you enjoyed having the mixture
1: in a word yes yes yeah. I think in, ask anybody really um, because you, it, it's, it's of that moment um, there's no point in recording it it's, it's of that moment all mistakes and all and in my case I, I compare the show so it's I suppose in a way it's about an hour and a half of me just standing there, well um, I know exactly I've got I, I approximately know what I'm gonna say, but stuff happens all the time. It's stand up really. And and that you can't buy that. That's the joy of, of working in live theater. Whereas television is, especially these days, where we are in the, I hate to say that terrible word, we are in the hands of the, the talented amateur who come who have to say a line to camera uh, with, with an autocue and, and still can't do it. So they do, you know, 18 takes or something. This is crazy. I think you just, you know, it's, it's, it's a wrong world. Anyway, I don't watch television. Um, I d- I'm not very good on anything mechanical, as you probably gather by now with my mobile phone. <laughs> but I just I just feel um, live theater, crikey, you know, in Shakespeare's, Roman times, Greek times. You know, here we are. We have, we're blessed to be a part of a great line
0: of people. And you, you love the history, don't you? I mean, do you watch, do you watch the the, oh, the old performers and the musical? And... Oh,
1: well, that's it. Well, I'm, I'm an old performer myself, so I know most of them. But I'm at the Garrick Club in London, which is uh, the actors' club, uh, right in Leicester Square, right in the West End. And it has on the walls all the great actors, portraits of all the great, great, great actors. So you're surrounded every inch of the way by... Uh, There's a chair that belonged to David Garrick, there's a a cane that belonged to Sir Henry Irving, and, you know, they're all here. All the ghosts are here. So yes, I do love my history. I think it's important for young artists to do understand where you come from, and to appreciate it, and, um, and have respect for those who've gone before.
0: Well, Johnny, I I think it's probably a good job we're not in the same room because you're uh, an established master of ceremonies who loves the history of his profession. I think we might be the same person. And uh, (laughs) just not allowed to appear in the same building. Um, But I'm perilously close to exceeding the time I spent, so I just want to touch on one thing before I ask you the two final questions, is that you you have a foot in both of my huge passions, which are Doctor Who, and of course, what a lot of listeners won't realise, is that if ever they've watched a cricket match... Quite often, the yeah. person announcing... So how did you become the announcer of, of uh, a, a, a international cricket matches? Well,
1: again, it's a fluke. Uh, the chap who was doing it, who was an actor, suddenly got a film, and uh, he asked me, and I was dreadful. And, and I did it again, he got another film. And then I thought, well, I could have a crack at this, and I got better. I gradually got better. and it, What, 25 years later, uh, I'd been doing it. I was at Lord's now. I wasn't working today, but I... I don't do it all the time these days because I'm busy doing other things. But it was—it is great fun. It's like call, it, it, in America. You call the game you, in baseball. You call the game, like right? You have the announcer doing a, doing the games, and and you become—I become the voice of cricket, which is something I, you know, kind of very proud of. And I, I agree that uh, they they do recognise the voice when you go in. Uh, I mean, the famous people, you know, in the baseball world also. Have, had their own distinctive way of doing it but mine's a little bit uh, it, it's very English and very MCC uh, but it's great fun I mean the best seat in the house and get paid for it
0: yeah can't beat that uh, and one of your pre- and, uh, of course Alan Curtis who, who um, preceded you was, 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 uh, was also in uh, Doctor Who but back in the 60s way
1: back and, uh, and a lot of carry-on films as well yeah the great man Alan Curtis you've
0: introduced him haven't you uh, I've spoken I've been to Alan's place yeah well, Johnny, uh, thank you so much for your time and for doing it in the midst of a very busy day. I'm really grateful. Um, I just have a couple uh, of questions to record with you and then I'll, I'll say cheerio when I've after I've stopped the recording, if that makes sense, so we say bye-bye properly. But um, uh, the first question is, uh, you've kindly given your time. I don't get paid for this. The listeners aren't paying to hear it, so we ask them to donate to a charity uh, as a result of that. So what's your charity, please, Johnny? Well, it's the Lord's Taverners,
1: uh, which is... Um a sporting children's charity giving youngsters a sporting chance. Those handicapped ch- children don't get a chance to play sport. Uh, it's called the Lord's Taverners, and uh, it's, a, it's the biggest cricket charity or sporting charity. They play golf as well as cricket and other sports as well. Uh, and they raise many millions of pounds a year, and the, see, the sight of how those wonderful kids enjoying uh, some sport is uh, recompense enough.
0: Uh, and the final question right, is, Johnny, it's, um, Doctor Who is 50 years old this year. It started the day after, uh, day after Kennedy's assassination. So what is your message to the legions of Doctor Who fans out there who are still watching well, the show? Having
1: just done a, 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 a conference, a convention last Sunday, um, I don't do too many of them because they don't know where I am. Um, but the, it, it was, all I can say is it was utterly charming people were very courteous, and they, and they they came in costume, and some were dressed up as Sylvester and all the rest of it. It was wonderful, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's great to have an interest like that, and I am I was absolutely enchanted by them, and more the merrier. I wish them more power
0: and a happy, happy birthday to Doctor Who. Uh, well, Johnny Dennis, uh, for your time uh, uh, during a busy schedule, and... and, and you know, you were having relaxing and having a drink. So I'd like to say thank you very much for your time.
1: I've been my great pleasure. Toby, I wish you all well, everybody.
0: Brilliant. Peace be with you. Thank you, Johnny. That's very good of you. I'm really grateful. Uh, Bless Johnny. Lovely fellow who I finally got to meet, quite by coincidence. Uh, when conducting another Who's Round, uh, this one at the Garrick Club, no less, uh, which is a treat you have in store in a few releases time. His charity is the Lord's Taverners, which is lordstaverners.org, l-o-r-d-s-t-a-v-e-r-n-e-r-s.org, lordstaverners.org. If you could donate in lieu of payment, because uh, you don't pay for this, that would be lovely. You can follow me on Twitter, at Toby Haddock at T-O-B-Y-H-A-D-O-K-E Big Finisher also there and they are easier to spell so I'm not going to patronise you by so doing. Stay tuned for another Who's Round which brings us into the realms of the new series the Moffat era no less. Uh, there's a preview of that coming up but in the meantime stay safe stay happy and uh, keep listening to this Toby Hodo Who's Round
1: Ta-ta And then even then halfway through recording the script I was like oh well this isn't this isn't, a, uh, this isn't a cartoon. And that ginger girl's vaguely familiar. And hang on, that's Matt Smith. You know, I've, I've been reading the papers. He hasn't started, he hasn't been on telly yet. But that man walking across the screen there is Matt Smith. So I stopped and I said, is this the actual Doctor Who? And they went, oh yeah, yeah, did we not tell you? And I went, no. <laughs> and I went, am I going to be on Doctor Who? And they went, yeah. And I said, am I going to get fan mail? And they went, probably. <laughs> and, um, and I was quite surprised because it was only about two or three weeks before it went
0: out. Um. and a mention for my good friend Michael McManus for it was he who put me in touch with Johnny and I'm very grateful, thanks Michael
2: this really is a magical place
3: especially as it holds a secret
2: does? I didn't know.
3: Of course you didn't. It's a secret, and no one knows about it. My safe place. Dark shadows in the twinkling of an eye. This is nice. <laughs> what is that noise?
2: Whistling?
0: I don't think so.
2: I've been told girls never trust a man who can't whistle, so I thought I should practice. Sounds silly, but I smell the whole world from here. The world
0: that's just out there and beyond the sea.
2: Not seen much of it, then. The world? None. Just Collinsport. How about you? I've seen lots of worlds. I like you. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Are you going to tell me about how you know Jessica? It's lovely. The way it trickles over the flat
3: stones. And look there. Can you see? See what? That stone. The water's worn it away. Oh, it's carved. Letter J. How about that? Are there any fish?
2: Stone. You got me a stone. Not just any stone, obviously. Look carefully.
0: <laughs> My initial? Yeah, it, it is. A, it's a J.
2: Made for you right here in Collinsport by Collinsport Water running over it and carving your name. It means you belong here.
3: The garden had always been crying out for a pond. My daddy didn't like the idea, so it wasn't until I lived here with my husband, my, my late husband, Ted, that we had the pond put in. We filled it together, planting lilies of one autumn and said we'd wait till the spring to get fish. Then, one day, I was by the pond and saw a pair of small black fish happy as anything they got there by themselves a bird or something must have dropped fish eggs or they were in one of the plants we bought but it was so magical and my son Ed of course was delighted we never gave him an explanation just told him it was magic
0: then there's me right out of questions
2: oh I doubt that You could, for example, ask me what my name is. If I wanted to know, I could. Nate. My name's Nate.